Major funding for this Tanya class is provided by the Mettel Corporation. Additional funding is provided by Tanya students like you. Lessons in Tanya. The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi. Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. So we are up to chapter 42. So in the previous chapter, the point of the chapter was how it's essential to have a sense of serving Hashem and of awe of Hashem, fear of Hashem. And this is essential not only in fulfilling the prohibitions, but also in fulfilling the positive mitzvah. That not only, like you explained earlier, that in order for the bird to fly, the bird needs two wings. One wing is love and one wing is awe. Or fear, or awe. So if a Jew only has love, if all you have is love in your heart, but you have no sense of awe, then you don't, you're missing a wing. Of course, a bird can fly with one wing. You need two wings. But he explained it's even more than that. It's not only you're missing one wing if you don't have awe of Hashem. If you don't have a sense of awe of, of Hashem, if you don't have a sense of Hashem's presence, then you have nothing. You have no connection to holiness. Because the connection to holiness is when you have a sense of service, that I am Hashem's servant. And he calls this, he refers to this as the lower level of fear. Just the fear, just the fear of Hashem's presence. Just to be aware of Hashem's presence, to sense His presence. Just like you would be afraid of another human being. Not only a great human being, any human being. When you're in public, when there's another human being, there's a certain sense of fear. You're not going to do certain things because you're in the public eye. So too, that's minimum. That's the minimal level of fear that a Jew has that you sense Hashem's presence. Hashem is as real to you, at least, minimally, at least as real as another human being is to you. Flesh and blood, a stranger you don't even know, but he's in the same room with you. You behave a certain way, you're in public. So Hashem should at least have the same level of reality. That's what he calls the lower level of fear. And that's a minimum requirement. And that's an essential requirement. Because without that, there's no sense of service of Hashem. There's no sense of fear. There's no sense of Hashem's presence. If it's all, if your whole motivation is love, it has nothing to do with Hashem. It's self-serving. You're serving yourself. It's self-expression. It's not about Hashem. It's only when you have a sense of service and you have a sense of fear and awe of Hashem's presence, sense of Hashem's presence, at least in the minimal level, that's your connection to holiness. So he says, with this explanation, we're going to understand, going to understand what the Talmud says. Come, you want to read in the previous chapter? In the previous chapter, the author Rebbe explained that fear of Hashem is a prerequisite to divine service. Every Jew is capable of attaining this level by contemplating how Hashem stands over him and searches his reins 
and heart to see if he is serving him as is fitting. This thought will lead him to bring forth at least some measure of fear in his mind. This in turn will enable him to study Torah properly, as well as to perform both the positive and negative commandments. The Alter Rebbe also noted that this level of fear is known as Yira, Tata, lower level fear, which is a preparatory step to the proper performance of Torah and Mitzvah. This degree of fear must be manifest if one's Torah study and performance of the Mitzvah are to be deemed a voter of divine service. In the light of what has already been said on the subject of the lower level of fear as summarized above, one will clearly understand the Talmudic comment on the verse, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Only that you fear the Lord your God. Gemara asks, Is fear then such a small thing? Answer the Gemara. Yes, in the case of Moses, it is a small thing and so forth. The Talmud says that everything is in the hands of Hashem except the fear of Hashem. That Hashem left in our hands, although it's within Hashem's capacity to also affect our fear, our hearts. We are like clay in the hands of the artist. So if Hashem could play with our hearts, if He wants, He can cause us all to fear Him. But He didn't. That's one thing, whether we're rich or not, whether we're successful or not, whether we're wise or not, that's not our choice. That's Hashem decrees. We're born with certain capacities and, and Hashem decrees. But whether we're going to be God-fearing, that's in, that's in our hands. And the Gemara says, it says, what does, Hashem, what does Hashem ask of you? All He asks for you is to fear Hashem. That's all. The Gemara says, that's all? That's it? Well, he's asking us a small thing, a minor thing. Is it so minor? Is it so small? Look how difficult it is. Look at personal experience. It's so small. Didn't we just learn the last chapter? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zaki said, Halavai. Halavai, a person's fear of Hashem should be on the same level that you fear a stranger, a simple person who's in the same room with you. And you feel and you see His presence and it has an effect on you. Halavai, Hashem's presence should have the same effect on you. So, he was wishing himself, Halavai, from his great students. The lowest level of fear. And here the Pasuk says, Moshe tells the Jewish people, oh, the fear, what's Hashem asking of you? All He's asking of you is a small thing. <laughs> Only fear Hashem be a year of Shemayim. That's it. So what's the Gemara answer? Yes, in comparison to Moshe, it's a small thing. Now, the obvious question, continue. Superficially, the answer seems to be that this was said by Moses to the Jewish people, and for him, fear of Hashem is indeed a simple thing. So Moshe is the speaker, so Moshe is saying, because to Moshe, what's fear? Fear is a small thing. So it's a, yeah, all he's asking you is to fear him. What's the great deal? But the question is... Moses didn't know that it wasn't a small thing. Oh, that's, that's the question that he's asking. At first glance, the answer of the Gemara is incomprehensible for the verse asks, What does he require of you? What does God require of every Jew? For the majority of Jews, fear of Hashem is certainly no mean accomplishment. 
What then is the point of answering that for Moses is it a simple thing? Moshe is addressing the Jewish people of his generation and all all future Jewish generations. The Pasik says, Ba'ata Yisrael now, Yidn. What's Hashem asking of you? Moshe is not speaking of himself. Moshe is addressing the Jewish people. What's Hashem asking of you? All Hashem is asking of you is to fear Hashem. So the question, the Gemara asks a very powerful question. How could you say it's a small thing? It's a trifle thing? It's a monumental thing? What does the Gemara answer? Well, comparison to Moshe, it's no big deal. But Moshe is not speaking to himself. Moshe is speaking to us. So how could Moshe say, like you said, Moshe didn't know that to us how difficult it is. Moshe doesn't know his customers. All Hashem is asking of you is to fear Hashem. And you're talking about real fear 24-7. You should feel Hashem's presence 24-7. Who feels Hashem's presence 24-7? Do you know anyone? <laughs> Moshe, yes. The tzaddik. But your contemporaries, yourself, who feels or feels that's all Hashem is asking of you? Yes, it's in our hands. And Hashem wanted us, He gave us the freedom of choice. And this is the essential point. Without fear of Hashem, you can't do Torah mitzvahs like you just finished explaining in chapter 41 at great length. If you don't have Yiddish Shemayim, you have nothing. Zero. No connection with godliness. You have delusions, fantasies, new age, but not, nothing holy, nothing to do with godliness or holiness. Nothing to do with Yiddishkeit. This is the key, this is the foundation, this is the cornerstone. So yes, we know it's essential. But how can Moshe phrase it? What Hashem asking of you after all? Everything is said and done. What Hashem asking? All he's asking you is to fear Hashem. No big deal. What do you mean it's no big deal? So the question of the Gemara we understand, but the answer we don't understand. Well, look, compared to Moshe, it's no big deal. The Rebbe is going to go explain. He says, this is, there's many places in, in the Torah, in the Talmud, that you can't truly understand the simple meaning of the Talmud without learning the soul. Because it makes no sense. This is one of those eerie places. It makes no sense. What's, what's the connection? What's the, what's the, the Gemara is asking a logical question, and he's not giving a logical answer. What does it mean? The only way to understand this is with Hasidus. When you know, the, understand the soul of the Torah, then it all makes sense. All of a sudden, everything becomes clear. And the answer that al is going to explain is that this is referring to the level of Moshe within each and every Jew. The Moshe within us. Like the nickname for the Jewish people in Eastern Europe, I don't know what it was amongst the Svarda countries, but in Eastern Europe, the nickname for the Jew was Moshka. They didn't know Mendel, Chaim, Beryl. The, the, the Polak would call a Jew Moshka. Every Jew then was Moshka. Moshka, Moshe, Moses, Moses, from the Bible, Moses, Moshka. Even though they didn't see, but their, they, their soul saw. Because deep down, every Jew is a miniature Moses. Every Jew contains within himself a miniature Moshe. That became the name of every single Jew, Moshka. 
So with this, we'll understand what the Talmud is telling. Of course, Moshe is speaking to every Jew. Moshe is not speaking of himself. But he's, the answer is, the Talmud is explaining. How can Moshe demand of each and every Jew he should fear God? And knowing that fear of God is so essential. It's the only thing that Hashem leaves up to us. And we have to make that choice. And, and how could Moshe say that it's something that all Hashem is asking of you is to fear Hashem? The answer is because of the Moshe within each and every one of us. That gives us the ability and the strength to be able to reach the level of fear. That's basically what he's going to explain. It's a small thing. A small thing. A small thing. That's all. But when we're done with this chapter, maybe we'll understand it a little better. <laughs> My take on it, Moses said a small thing and, no, and yet nobody achieves it. That we know, I mean. Well, first thing you got to learn chapter 42 in Tanya. Without right. knowledge, without knowledge, you can't do anything. Right. Without education. You wouldn't say it if it's impossible. You wouldn't say it if it's impossible. So he's giving us the information. That's why Hashem, in His infinite mercy, gave us the Baal Shem Tov, the Magid, the Alter Rebbe, all the Rabbeim, gave us the Tanya. And that we should see an example that, it, that we should have an understanding, we should be able to relate to it. Moshe is speaking to us. Torah is eternal. This is reality. And he's going to make it come alive for us. That this is something very real, very doable, very achievable. And this has brought down the Code of Jewish Law. The Code of Jewish Law wasn't written for saints. The Code of Jewish Law was written for every single Jew. So you wake up in the morning, you have to think Hashem is standing right in front of you. Shavisi Hashem Hashem is right in front of me. And you have to have a certain sense of fear. Oh, the presence of Hashem. This is a halacha. This is a demand made of every Jew. So no Jew can come and say, well, this is beyond me. That's the Tzadikim. It also says... wasn't written for Tzadikim. The Code of Jewish Law was written for every single Jew. God doesn't demand something that's impossible. Okay, so there's ignorance. But ignorance, you can do something about. Learn chapter 42 in Tanya, and then you'll understand. And Moshe wouldn't have said it if it wasn't the real Absolutely. Absolutely. He wasn't playing, think he was playing a game, and say, make, pretending, ah, it's no big deal. Not knowing human nature. He knows human nature. He knows who he's speaking to. And this is the truth. This is the Yemes. In the, look in the Alter Rebbe Shokonara. So he says, this is a cloud Godel, Milo's a Tzadikim, Shvisi Hashem and Negri Samid. person, Hashem, always has to be in front of you. A person doesn't act when you're alone in your house. Like when you're standing in front of a great king, you don't speak. You know, do whatever you speak as you will when, when you're standing in the presence of a king, especially if the king is the great king of kings. And Hashem sees everything. Then the Alter Rebbe adds, and we'll learn about this later in the chapter. This is a quote from the Ramah, the Shulchan Aruch, on the Shulchan Aruch, the first simon. And the Alter Rebbe adds, in the second version, the Alter Rebbe added, and if it won't reach you, you won't sense the sense of Hashem's presence. So you have to think very deeply. And if that doesn't help, you have to do teshuva. Because obviously, since you sin, the sin is blocking you. It's not allowing you to feel the sense. 
So you have to do tshuva. Okay, we'll get into that later. But this is Shulchan Aruch. Code of Jewish law was not written for tzaddikim. Code of Jewish law was written for us, for the average Jews. So this is what Moshe is referring to. What Hashem asking of you, and this is the beginning, this is the first simon, the beginning of the Shulchan Aruch. Because this is the foundation, like we learned earlier. This is the cornerstone. Shivisi Hashem Negri Samit that Hashem should always be in front of me, this is, this is the foundation for the rest of your day. Without this, you have no connection to holiness, no connection to Judaism, no connection to godliness. You have delusions and fantasies and self-serving, but nothing to do with holiness. So if this, is, this, is the, this is what Moshe tells the Jewish people. Hashem asks of you to fear Hashem. And the question is, how, how can you say it's, that's all Hashem is asking of and the answer is, in comparison to Moshe, it's no big deal. Okay, the Alter Rebbe now goes on to explain. The Alter Rebbe now goes on to explain that the answer of the Gemara, that in the case of Moses, it is a simple thing, does not refer to Moses alone, but to the Moses which is found in every Jew. For Moses imbues all Jews with the level of that knowledge, enabling them to bind their own faculty of dot to godliness. It is concerning this level of Moses found within every Jew that the statement is made. In the case of Moses, it is a simple thing. For when a Jew utilizes the power of Moses found within him, when he binds his dot with godliness, then fear of Hashem is indeed a simple thing and easy to attain as shall presently be explained. This explanation, however, is as follows. Each and every soul of the house of Israel comprises within it something of the quality of our teacher Moses. Peace unto him, for he is one of the seven shepherds who causes the vitality and godliness to flow to the community of the souls of Israel, for which reason they are called shepherds. The seven shepherds, the Talmud tells us, is Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Yosef, Moshe, Aaron, and David. These are the seven shepherds of the Jewish people, of the whole Jewish people. Just like the patriarchs are the patriarchs of all the Jewish people, so too these are the seven shepherds of the entire Jewish people. Who, what is the idea of a shepherd? The idea of a shepherd is someone who feeds his flock, takes care of his flock, nourishes his flock, nurtures his flock. As the Medrash says, this is the quality that Hashem looked for in the leaders of the Jewish people. They were shepherds. Like King David took very tender, loving care of his sheep, of his flock. He would make sure that the younger ones go first the stronger sheep go behind them no, the younger ones shouldn't be left behind the younger ones he would let them uh, graze the grass first so they would um, eat the soft grass when they were done with the soft grass the older ones would come and they would feed off the harder grass because they were older they were stronger and this is the quality that Hashem liked and Hashem saw that he's a faithful shepherd he says you're going to be the shepherd of my children and the same thing with Moshe, the famous story. Moshe was a shepherd, and sheep ran ahead, ran away, and Moshe ran after it. And the sheep ran very far, and Moshe ran after the sheep. Finally saw the sheep come to a brook of water and drink some water. 
And Moshe realized that when he, he, uh, he nourished all the sheep, he forgot about the sheep. The sheep was left out, didn't get any water. Moshe realized it, he made sure the sheep drank all the water it needed. Then he said to himself, the sheep is this shepsala, this little sheep is very tired. They had to run so far. He picked it up, lifted up the sheep, and carried it all the way back. Hashem says, you take such good care of every one of your flock, you're going to be the shepherd of my children. So this is the quality of a Jewish leader. The quality of a Jewish leader is that they are shepherds. They're shepherds of the Jewish people. Faithful shepherds. And they draw down life and godliness. It's very interesting. Hasidus, the Hasidim tell the story that the Alter Rebbe spent a few weeks thinking about whether he says they draw down, whether he should have said Chayas Alikis, a godly life, or as it's written, they draw down life and godliness. He spent a few weeks thinking about it. And he decided to write, to make it two separate words, life and godliness because life refers to that they are the shepherds who enable us to love Hashem and to fear Hashem and then they also bring down they draw down godliness to the Jewish people they nourish our souls they nurture our souls with godliness so vitality and godliness so this is a very unique book there's no other book like this no other Sefer Holy Sefer where the author would spend weeks thinking about one letter should be this word or that word. One letter make a difference. Because every word and every letter is so important. Um, and so much thought went into it. And Al Rebbe sacrificed his life. He went to prison for this book. So this is a very unique, a very holy... Hasidim referred to Sevet Tanya Kadisha, the holy book of Tanya. It's a holy book. So he says that the seven shepherds of the Jewish people... They feed the Jewish people. They feed the Jewish soul with godliness. So when it says, like Abraham, for example, was love. So Abraham nourishes our souls and Abraham gives us the ability to love Hashem. Yitzchak represents strength, courage, heroism, sacrifice. Superhuman qualities. So Yitzchak, awe, intensity. Strength. So Yitzchak is the one who gives us the ability to develop a sense of awe of Hashem. Yaakov represents compassion, mercy. So every of these shepherds represents another attribute, another divine attribute, godly attributes, and they feed our souls, they give us, they nourish us, they nurture us, they give us the ability to be able to develop these godly, godly um, attributes. But the ultimate shepherd of all, of all the shepherds, who is called the shepherd? Of all the seven, who is called the shepherd? No, Moshe. Moshe. Moshe was called the faithful shepherd. The whole portion of the Zohar are called the faithful shepherd. Moshe is the faithful shepherd of the Jewish people. So even though they're all shepherds, but who is called the faithful shepherd? Moshe. Because what Moshe gives us is the key to all the other, to everything that the other shepherds give us. Moshe is the key. Without Moshe, we couldn't truly receive what the other shepherds give us. Okay, continue. 
Vasily relates that the author had pondered for a number of weeks whether to write that the seven shepherds provide godly vitality or whether he should write vitality and godliness. He finally resolved to write the letter, vitality and godliness, for vitality refers to the love and fear of God, since it is they that vitalize one performance of Torah and mitzvot. Godliness refers to self-nullification before God. The seven shepherds then cause both vitality and godliness to flow into Jewish soul. Our teacher Moses, peace unto him, comprised aspects of them all, and is called the faithful shepherd. This means that he draws down the quality of that to the community of Israel, that they may know and be cognizant of the Lord, so that for them godliness will be self-evident and experienced by every Jew. We know what Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov they represent the different emotions. What does Moshe give us? Moshe gives us Das. Das is the key that opens up all the emotions. Without Das, there's nothing. What does Das mean? Das doesn't mean to know. Just to know. Knowledge. Das means to feel, to experience, to personalize to connect to make it your own you can know you can know a lot of things we all know a lot of things but it has no effect on us like that famous story with the ignoramus who in the olden days people were illiterate they couldn't read so they would pay someone to read the letters for them they would pay the teacher who would read the letters for them and someone receives a letter from his mother he couldn't read, so he goes to the teacher, the Malamed, and the teacher starts reading. The mother writes, Dear son, your father got very sick a few months ago. And, he's, and as he's reading, the illiterate person starts crying, and then he says, But he got much worse, and he starts crying even more. And then he says, And he, he died, and he, he's like, he's, he's hysterically crying. And he finishes, and the teacher finishes the letter, and the, the person is crying. And someone was standing nearby he says I don't understand he says he this ignoramus ignoramus is ignorant he can't even read and write and he's crying and look at this teacher who's so knowledgeable and so scholarly he's reading and no tear <laughs> couldn't care less he's indifferent he's not excited he says why don't you understand it's not his father <laughs> it's this illiterate it's his father that's das das means when you read something that's personal that affects you personally, you come alive, you get excited, you love, you hate, you respond, you react. Otherwise, in just knowing things, you can know a lot of things. So, it doesn't, it doesn't move you, it doesn't inspire you, it doesn't excite you, it doesn't, it doesn't affect you. I can know, you, your brain is like a computer. It stores a lot of information. Like a disc, it has a lot of information, like the bookshelves, there's a lot of information. So what? doesn't excite you, it doesn't move you, it doesn't change you, it doesn't affect you. What's the key? The key is das. Some people have, don't have that connection. Very smart, very intelligent. But from the intelligence to the heart, it doesn't make its way from the brain to the heart. The heart remains cold, indifferent, unmoved, untouched. Disconnected. Das is the connector. It's like the story with the, the, the fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe once saw a locomotive a locomotive drove off and there was a huge train like 40 cars it got disconnected the locomotive the leading train got disconnected from the cars and the locomotive was racing ahead and the cars were stuck 
So he says, everything you see, a Jew sees, is here to teach us a lesson in our service of Hashem. So he, says, he learned an unbelievable lesson from what he saw. So that's what happens. Sometimes the mind goes racing ahead. With your mind, you're racing, you're ready. But in the meanwhile, the cars are left behind. Your body is left behind. Your heart is left behind. You're not moved. You're not touched. You're not changed. You're, t- you're the same you are today like you were yesterday. Zero movements. You know, okay, you became richer in knowledge. You became richer in information. You have a lot of rich information. You can talk. You can speak. You can think. But it doesn't affect you. Because what's lacking is das. Das, like children. Little children don't have das. Children, little children can be brilliant. Some 10-year-olds are more brilliant than some 90-year-olds. But they're not mature. They don't have das. It's all, it's all abstract to them. When a person becomes mature, that's when you start personalizing. That's when you have a sense of self. You have a sense of, you apply everything to your life. You internalize it. And therefore you get excited. It's not just an idea. How does this idea affect me? Why should I get excited about this? What does this mean to me? You internalize it. You process it. it you turn information into conviction. Into This is das. And that's why Moshe is called the faithful shepherd. So in other places, in Hasidus it explains, Raya Mehemna could, be, could mean two things. Faithful shepherd. And that's how he's explaining it over here. And Moshe's idea, his, he, he was the shepherd. He's the one who fed us, who nourished us, who nurtured us with this quality of das. And he was a faithful shepherd. Other places, Hasidah says, Raya Mehemna means he feeds us, he feeds the faith. Mehemna also means faith. Raya, he feeds the faith. Why do you have to feed faith? Why does faith need feeding? Because every Jew has faith. But faith alone is not enough. As the Talmud says, that the thief prays to Hashem that he should be successful. In his night's work, if you believe in Hashem, how could you steal? You go to the ark and you close your eyes, Hashem, please. I'm stealing a good bank tonight. It's very, it's very dangerous. Please make sure I don't get caught. Please help me. <laughs> you, you believe in Hashem and you're praying he's successful in your theft. If you can believe in Hashem, then he can give you a good livelihood without stealing. He says in the Torah, thou shalt not steal. So to disconnect, faith, yes, I have faith. Yes, most Jews, I'm a Jew. Yes, I'm a Jew. I'm proud of my Jewishness. I'm a Jew at heart. Do you live like a Jew? Do you think like a Jew? Do you do anything? Mitzvot? No. So there's a disconnect. Your faith is in one. Your faith, it's very vague. It doesn't affect you personally. It's so intellectual. It's intellectual. Or it's even beyond intellectual. It's, it's, it's vague. It's nebulous. You haven't processed it. You haven't internalized it. So Moshe is the one who feeds the faith. Faith needs feeding. Because when you, when you eat, what happens when you eat? When you eat food, when you're nourished, your body-soul connection becomes strong. When you don't eat, you become weak. Your body-soul connection becomes weak. When a Jew doesn't eat, when you don't nourish your faith, you don't study Torah, you don't nurture that faith, of course you have that faith. But the body-soul connection becomes weak. The, the faith becomes very abstract, otherworldly. It doesn't affect you in your behavior. It doesn't affect you in your real life. So you need Moshe is the Raya Mehemna. Moshe is the one who feeds the faith. But that's not what he's discussing here. That's explained elsewhere. Moshe is the one who feeds the faith. Helps you internalize the faith. But here he's discussing that Moshe is the one who feeds all the emotional attributes. 
Avraham gives us love. Yitzchak gives us intensity. Yaakov gives us compassion. But who's the one who feeds all of these attributes of all the seven Moshe's called the faithful shepherd? Because it's only through him. By giving us Das, the quality of Das, he enables us to develop all these emotional attributes that we receive from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Yosef, and, and Aaron, and, and David. So Moshe is the key. This is the key that opens up all the, all the other six. All the emotional attributes. So without Moshe, without the Das, because Das makes it real. Without Das, it's very vague, it's abstract. When do you really experience love? When could you really experience intensity? When could you really experience compassion? It's only if you're mature. If you have the maturity of Das, of, of real true knowledge. When you have the maturity of Das, then it hits home. Then you personalize everything. Then it's, it's, you integrate it. And then it comes alive. And then you care about it. And, it you, and it becomes very personal to you. And then you truly love so when could you truly have what Avram gives you and Yitzchak is? It's only through Moshe. Moshe is the ultimate shepherd that makes all the others come alive. So this is Moshe. Moshe is the key. This is the key that opens up all the others. So that's why Moshe is called the faithful. From all the shepherds, he is called the faithful shepherd. Because he is the one who gives us the das. Das is maturity. Without das, you have nothing. If you have maturity, you have everything. Without, without das, without a sense of self, without a sense of reality you're not grounded it's very it's not real Moshe is the one who brings it that's why Moshe is the one who brought heaven down to earth he made it real he made it real for us the Jews experienced godliness with Moshe they experienced godliness they saw godliness they experienced it it wasn't just knowing intellectually they saw they saw the ten plagues and they saw the splitting of the sea and they saw the manna and they, they ate it and they saw it and they saw God speaking to them Moshe was experience, real experience. When you experience it, it's real. It hits home, it's personal. It's not just vague ideas or knowledge or, or, or emotions that are not ripe and not fully ripe emotions, not mature emotions. Moshe is the one who made it very real, mature. Each according to the intellectual capacity. Oh, each according to the intellectual capacity of his soul and its root above. I mean, according to the higher, the source of the soul, as it above. So firstly, according to his capacity. Some people are more intellectual than others. And also, according to the source of your soul. Because below the soul, in order to come into this world, in order to be born, the soul has to go through all of the worlds and all of the ten svirot of every world. That's Yilut, Briah, Yitzirah, Siyah, the world of emanation, the world of creation, the world of formation, the world of action, until it comes into, the, into bodily form. But nevertheless, there are souls that are rooted in one world, and then they just pass through the other worlds. They don't stop through the other worlds, they just pass through. Versus a soul that not only passes through, but actually that becomes the root of, this, of that soul. For example, you can have an intellectual concept that passes through your hands. When you write an idea, you're writing on paper... Your hand is writing a concept. Your hand doesn't understand the concept. Your hand can't understand things. Your mind understands. But it's passing through your hand. So your hand is physically, you're writing it, words, letters, ink, paper, computer, but it's the idea and it's pure intellect. It's just passing through your hands. 
So it says like the soul of Moshe, the soul of Moshe was a soul of the world of emanation. It was a divine soul. It just passed through all the worlds till it came into a human being. But it just passed through. His soul remained in a revealed way. His soul remained the soul of the world of emanation. So every soul has a source. It says the soul of Maimonides was in the world of, of creation. That's why he had such pure intellect, such powerful intellect, crystal clear intellect. But it passed through the other worlds, but its source was the world of creation. So everyone has a different source, a different world within that world with Svira. So depending on the source of your soul, depending on that, so too is the level of your das, the level of your maturity, the level of how you experience godliness, how you sense godliness, how you internalize it, how it becomes real for you. So everyone has a different level of das, everyone has a different level of maturity, a different level of internalizing things. And Okay, continue. And according? And according to the degree of its nurture from the root, of the soul of our teacher Moses, peace unto him, which is rooted in the Daselu, supernal knowledge of the ten spherot of Atsilus, which are united with the emanator. For he and his knowledge are one, and he is the knowledge. And just as God is termed the creator of created beings, so too is he called the emanator of those entities found in the world of Atsilus, a world which together with its beings is an emanation of the Ainsoth. And every soul also is nurtured from the source of the soul of Moshe. Where is the source of Moshe rooted in? The root of Moshe's soul is the level of the divine knowledge, of the world of emanation, the divine knowledge, which is one with Hashem. Just like Avraham. Avraham was kindness. Because he was kindness... That's why he nourished and nurtured and gave the Jewish people love. He gave the Jewish people capacity to love Hashem. Isaac was strength, intensity. So therefore, that's, that's, what he, that's the quality that he gave the Jewish people. Everyone gives, gave the Jewish people their level, their essence, what they were. Moshe was rooted in the divine knowledge. That was the source of his soul. And that's why he gave the Jewish people this capacity, the spiritual capacity of Das of experiencing godliness, of knowing, truly knowing Hashem in a very intimate way, feeling Hashem, personalizing Hashem in a very real way. And since Hashem and His knowledge is one, so so too, Moshe, by giving us knowledge, He didn't just give us knowledge. He gave us divine knowledge, godly knowledge. He gave us godliness. So, it's not that, that Avraham taught us to take the love that we already have and he taught us to use that love to love Hashem. Or Isaac taught us to take this capacity that we have for intensity, for strength, for fear, for awe, to take this and to use it towards Hashem. Or Jacob taught us, Yaakov taught us to take this capacity that we have for compassion and to direct it towards Hashem. And Moshe taught us to take this capacity that we have for knowledge is a human capacity that we have for knowledge, das, and to take it and direct it towards Hashem. So he's explaining over here, no, it's not that way, it's much deeper. Moshe and the seven shepherds, all seven shepherds, what they give a Jew, they give a Jew godliness. 
in what form do they give us godliness? Abraham gives us godliness in the form of love. Loving Hashem. Isaac gives us godliness in the form of fearing Hashem. Sense of awe of Hashem. Moshe gives us godliness through knowledge. But he's giving us godliness. And the reason why Moshe is able to give us godliness, you know, there are many smart people. But there's only one Moshe. What's the difference between Moshe and everyone else? Very intelligent people, smart people. People can speak. People can speak nicely. People can explain things. But they're not holy. They're not Moshe. Like a famous analogy of the difference between a master artist and an amateur artist. The amateur can copy the master painting. Put a paper over it and copy every line, every shape, every color. And yet you show these two paintings, show it to an amateur. The amateur will point out right away, this is a masterpiece and this is a copy. How, how, does it, how could you tell? Every line, it's exact copy, down to the last line, to the shade, to the color. Yet everyone can tell. Even the simple person. This is a masterpiece. This sells for $100 million. And this is a cheap copy. I'll pay you a buck and a half. What's the difference? How can you tell the difference between the masterpiece and this? Why? What, 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 what do you see the difference? Technically, externally, there is no difference. Every line is copied, every color, down to everything. Because the question is, what is an artist? What is an artist? An artist is someone who has a vision. And he has the capacity to take this vision that's burning in his soul. And God gave him the talent, the ability to be able to put it on paper. But what he's, but, so, but what he's putting on paper is a live vision that he has, a burning vision that he has. And it expresses itself in lines and colors and shapes, but it's not the line, the color, and the shape. The line, the color, and the shape are expressing something that's alive. It has a soul. Versus the copy, the one who copied has the body. Down to the last line, down to every color, every shape. But it's soulless. It's the body, but there's no soul. It, you can't work your way back. It's not a mechanical thing. An artist is not a mechanical thing. An artist is a soul ability. No, I'm saying an artist, every artist. Is a, the soul has the ability to express itself. It expresses itself in ink and paper and then colors and shapes. But it's a soul. It's a living thing. But you can't work your way back up from the bottom up. You can't create soul through mechanics. You can't use building blocks to get to soul. When you start with soul, the soul brings the body. When you have a soul, it brings the body with it. But you can't work your way back up, build a body and then bring a soul in. You, you build a machine, not a soul. It's a machine, but a machine doesn't have a soul. You can't technically, you can't technically and mechanically build up a machine and then a soul is something that comes from within. The artist is something that comes from within, his soul. He has a vision. Something is burning inside of him and he's able to express it in paper, but it's alive. Versus the amateur, is ca- the copier, perfect copier. 100% copied every line exactly. And yet it's dead. There is no soul. It's a machine. You copy it. You have a body. We have no soul. And everyone can tell the difference. Even an amateur can tell the difference. In one, This is a master. 
This is the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu or Rebbe versus a lot of eloquent speakers out there and a lot of nice speakers and people speak nice and they tell nice stories and they're entertainers and very nice and even speaking Torah. But it's not the same. When a Rebbe speaks Torah, when Moshe Rabbeinu speaks Torah, Moshe is godliness. His whole being is godly. His soul is rooted in God's and the divine knowledge. So when Moshe speaks, Moshe is speaking words of knowledge, but the words are alive. There's a soul. He's expressing godliness. He's living godliness. He feels it, he experiences it, he senses it. Versus we, even the most eloquent speaker and the most talented speaker and the most... It's nice, nice speaker, but there's no godliness there. It doesn't, it doesn't touch your neshama. It doesn't touch your soul. It doesn't touch your divine spark. Moshe touches your divine spark. But how does he touch your divine spark? So we have seven shepherds. Abraham touches your divine spark through love. It's not just a human love and he's showing you to direct your love towards Hashem. The love of Abraham is a divine love. They're one with Hashem. He's, he's giving you godliness through his love. Isaac is giving you godliness through his intensity, his heroism, his self-sacrifice. Jacob is giving us godliness through compassion. Moshe is giving us godliness through knowledge. So that's why when you learn Torah from a Rebbe, you know, when we have a choice, if I can hear Torah from Moshe, I can hear Torah from the most entertaining speaker who speaks beautifully. Moshe couldn't even speak so nicely. He was a kvad pe, kvad lashon. But the Jewish people, when they had a choice, who am I going to hear Torah from? From Moshe or from the eloquent speaker? What do I care about eloquent speaker? It's very nice. If I want a circus, I go to entertainment. I go to an eloquent speaker. But, but that's, I, I want to hear godly. A Jew is looking for godliness. I want to hear godliness. Where am I going to get godliness from? From an eloquent speaker? I'm going to get godliness from a Jew, from Moshe, whose whole soul is godly. His whole being is godly whose soul is rooted in the divine knowledge and the das of the world of emanation. Every word that he speaks, he's giving. He's the artist that's alive. Versus the other one can paint a nice picture, but it's flat. It's soulless. It's nice. It's a nice machine, nice body, painted nicely, but there's no soul. It doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't touch my godliness. Moshe's whole being was godly. So he touched, he touched the spark of God within you. So Moshe moves you, Moshe touches you. So that's why he's saying that the root of Moshe's knowledge isn't divine, is Hashem's knowledge. And therefore Moshe's essence is godly. His whole being is godly. So when it, what he's giving you, he's giving you knowledge of Hashem, he's giving you godliness. And that's why there were many uh, great Hasidim who wrote books on Hasidus, but Hasidim would read it, but they didn't really study it. They would, because how could you substitute when you study the words of the Baal Shem Tov, when you study the teachings of the Rabbi Dovber, the Magid of Mizrich, when you study the teachings of the Alter Rebbe, the Tanya, or the Mittler Rebbe, or the Samach Tzedek, or the Rebbe Marash, the Rebbe Rashav, the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe, whether it's the things that they taught, the, the Hasidic discourses, or, they, or, or the Tanya that Alter Rebbe wrote, or it's a letter that he wrote, anything. You're talking about a soul of the world of emanation. Every time he speaks, he's giving you godliness. It's alive. He's connected. It's something from within. You can't substitute it. You have to be able to see the difference between the fake, the artificial, and the real thing.
Don't confuse the genuine, the authentic. Where's the nice packaging and the eloquent, nice, seductive, entertaining packaging? It's very nice, but it's not godly. The previous Babaji Rebbe would say, he says, if I go out to speak, if I bring to speak, and I know I'm going to make a Jew, then I go out. If not, I'm not going out. Just to go out and speak and entertain. When the Rebbe speaks, he's making a Jew. His words are godly words. So when his words touch your soul, when you hear the words from the Rebbe, when you learn the language of the Rebbe, within those words, it's a, it's a master artist. There's godliness. These words that the Rebbe speaks contains godliness. It touches the, God, the godly spark inside of you. It's real, it's genuine. That's why Hasidim, once you're touched by the Rebbe, once you're exposed to a Rebbe, once you're exposed to an Alter Rebbe, once you're exposed to Tanya, once you're exposed to the words of the Rebbe, you know, you can't go, to, it's, hard to, it's hard to get excited about <laughs> copies and... and well, why would you? When you, have, when you have the best, you have the essence, you have... These are holy words. These are words that are going to touch your soul and give you godliness. They don't just give you words of wisdom and nice... They touch your souls in ways that no one else can do. The most beautiful speaker, the most eloquent speaker is very nice. So what? It doesn't touch you the same way. How could you even compare? Moshe gives you knowledge of Hashem. His knowledge is rooted in the divine knowledge. And Hashem and His knowledge are one. So His words touch you. His being is godly and He touches, he touches your whole being. He touches your whole... The godly spark and He ignites the godly spark inside of you. Gives strength. Gives strength. Tremendous strength. And it makes it real for us. The words of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe makes Judaism real for us. He makes... He brought heaven down to earth. He made the Torah, he made Hashem real for us in a very real way. That's Das. Das is reality. When it's real, then it, you sustain it, then, it's, then that gives you strength. That's Das. And without that, everything is very mushy, vague, fuzzy. It's not consistent. It's not, it's not reality. Moshe is the one who makes it reality. And this is critical because we're discussing here how the awe of Hashem, the sense of awe of Hashem is critical in the Jew's life 24-7. It's not a detail in the Jew's life. It's not something that you do occasionally. He said you can't approach Hashem without fear, without awe of Hashem, without at least the minimal level of fear. There's no connection to holiness. So this is something a Jew has to have all the time. Shiviti Hashem Magdi Summit. So we need Moshe, we need this quality of das, of consistency, of reality 24-7. Where did you get this strength from? Who gives us this strength? Who is the shepherd that gives us this strength? That gives us this godly quality, this divine quality of das? This is Moshe. Get this from Moshe. This is the strength we get from Moshe. I have a question. Yeah. Is something lost? between the like the Al-Tarebbe hearing it from the Al-Tarebbe and reading it is in the generations or even with the Rebbe is something lost after that you're only reading the words but you're not you're not hearing it that's a very good question the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe before he passed away on Saturday night one of the last things he said this was in 1920 said in Yiddish, Ich gehe in Himmel, 
I am going to heaven. And my writings, I am leaving for you. The fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe. He said that I am going to heaven. A surge of energy, a new, a new dimension. But I, where, where are you going to find me? In the world. In my, in my writings, because I put my soul into my writings. So as he's journeying and traveling in heaven, you can find him where he's now in heaven. You can find him in his writings. But you know, when you hear, when you see or hear something that the Rebbe said, or wrote or spoke or any of the Rebbe's you're hearing something godly you know every word every letter it's god, these are godly words you can have very pious Jew and a very mystical Jew and also saying nice words but it's not the same when the Rebbe speaks when Moshe Rabbeinu speaks Moshe is rooted in godliness his whole being is godly so every word of his even if, even if you heard something from the Baal Shem Tev and, so, and someone forgot to mention the Baal Shem Tev said it, when you hear something the Baal Shem Tev said, you immediately you can see that this is something that the Baal Shem Tev said. Because, I mean, the type of things that they said, only a godly person can say something like that. It, it, it's head and shoulders above everyone. You have to make distinction. Unfortunately, we live in a time when no one makes any distinctions. Oh, it's all beautiful and all nice. And, you know, you're dealing with Moshe Rabbeinu. How could you compare Moshe to anyone else? Moshe is the shepherd the faithful shepherd he is the one who makes it real for us and when you hear words from Moshe you learn words from Moshe you study words from Moshe you're being touched and you're connecting with with godliness in a very direct way in a very real way versus you can hear very nice speeches and very nice explanations and very nice eloquent and entertaining but it's not godly it doesn't touch you doesn't have the ability to touch you. It's like the artist, also an artist, and repeating everything it says in the book, just like an artist. He copies the master. He repeats everything the Talmud says and everything the Midrash says, and even repeats, even repeats what the Alter Rebbe says and what the Rebbe said. But, you know, you can tell the difference. When the Rebbe speaks, it's godliness speaking. And when this Chassid speaks, very nice, very inspiring, but it's a human being speaking. It's very nice, but it's not the same. It doesn't have the same effect on you. It doesn't touch you the same way. It doesn't. Does this apply? Um, so how do you tap into this energy? How do you connect to Moshe Rabbeinu in this case? So Moshe taught us, to, uh, taught us das, Torah, a knowledge. Moshe gives it to us through Torah. Um, the, by learning the Torah... By learning the Hasidus and learning the Torah, you're getting you're getting that das, you're getting that knowledge because you're internalized. But we're going to learn in a moment. There are many ways to get the sense of godliness. It's not only through studying Torah. We're going to learn that in a few moments. But you ask something? Yeah. No, I mean even in today's world, we all connect with different Hasidim. We. As individuals, we, we connect with one more than others because we're sensing the something between us and that chassid and someone else is sensing it with a different chassid. They're not 
Otherwise, they're not all the same. They're not cut from the. Okay, we'll 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 learn. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll we'll get that in a few moments. Okay. I've explained in chapter two above. God, knowledge, and man are utterly dissimilar. On the human plane, the knower and the faculty of knowledge and that which is known are three distinct and separate entities. However, concerning God, He is the knowledge, He is the knower, and He is that which is known. Thus, supernal knowledge is one with Him, and it is within this level of that that Moshe soul is rooted. When a Jew receives the capacity for that from the soul of Moshe, he is able to perceive godliness in a truly knowing and internalized manner. So that he actually experiences utilizing this capacity enables every Jew to know and feel how God stands over him and sees his actions. It is therefore easy for him to summon up with himself the fear of God. So he's going to add that this is only um, like a ray of Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, an illumination from Moshe. Moshe is like the sun, and he illuminates our souls, every Jewish soul. In addition to that, there's a much deeper level we're actually a spark of Moshe. Um, there's a spark of Moshe in the leaders of the generation, who are called the eyes of the congregation, the eyes of the community. They have, in other words, in addition to every Jewish soul receiving an illumination, being illuminated through the soul of Moshe, the, the leaders of the generation have actually a spark of Moshe. Just like a spark. A spark is not just an illumination. A spark is a piece of the fire. You have a spark of the original fire. So they, they're like a miniature Moshe. They have a spark of Moshe. So it's, it's not just an illumination. Like the illumination of the sun is not the sun itself. It's just an illumination of the sun. So every Jew has an illumination of Moshe. But then the leaders of every generation have actually a spark, a piece of Moshe inside of them. So therefore, in order for a Jew to really reach a much deeper, more profound level of das, of maturity, of experiencing godliness, it's not enough that we all have an illumination from the soul of Moshe. In addition, we have to study from the leaders of every generation, the eyes of the community, the brains and the eyes of the community, because they, those leaders, have a spark of Moshe inside of them. And therefore, when you're connected to the spark, something ignites inside of you that helps you ignite the knowledge and the maturity and the experiencing of godliness inside of you, the moisture inside of you. So this takes it to, a, to the next level, a much more intimate level, a much more deeper level. It makes it even more real for us. In order to, that the fear of God should become real for us, so you need to learn from the leaders of your generation who happen to have a spark of moisture. Continue, however. However... All the above refers to the liminary aspect of Moshe, which is received by every Jew. Yalta Rebbe now goes on to say that there is an even higher level of Moshe, of Moshe the spark of Moshe, that is bestowed upon the spiritual leaders and sages of each generation. The spark 
is an actual part of the flame. And like rays of illumination, which are not truly part of the luminary. So, too, the sparks of the soul of Moshe, found within the leaders and scholars throughout the generation, are a part of Moshe's soul. The task of these leaders is to Hashem greatness to the Jewish people so that they will serve God with all their heart. In addition, and beyond this pelvis in influence to the community of, as a whole, their descent in every generation sparks from the soul of our teacher Moshe, peace unto him, and they close themselves in the body and soul of the sages of that generation, the eyes of the congregation. Because of the spark yeah. Moshe found in a spiritual leader, he is called Moses. As in the Talmudic expression, Moses, do you speak aright? Right. This spark is closed not only in the leader's soul, but also in his body. This is why Hasidim say that one never tires of gazing at a Rebbe, for within him is the spark of Moshe. These sparks which are clothed in sages and spiritual leaders enable them to impart knowledge to the people that they may know that the greatness of Hashem and hence serve him with heart and soul. So he said that there's a spark of Moshe, actually the flame of Moshe itself, not just a light, uh, an illumination, actually a piece of Moshe's soul which expresses itself in, he says, the body and the soul of the wise of the generation, the eyes of the generation, the leaders of the generation. He's he should have said the soul and the body. No, he says no, the body and the soul. Because he means specifically the body, not only in the soul. There are some holy Jews, and there were great, great Hasidic rabbis, not from Chabad, or great Hasidic rabbis in Europe, who would not teach. They wouldn't speak Torah. And yet thousands and tens of thousands of Hasidim would flock to them. Just to see them, to be with them see them, how they pray, see them. And just by looking at them and being their own Yiddish Shemayim, their own fear of God, came alive. Like, godliness became very real to them. So the spark of Moshe was found even in their body. Not only in his soul, through his teachings. Just their being. Their being was holy. And when you were surrounded by holiness, when you saw holiness, it touches you. When you see a holy Jew, a Jew whose being is holy, a real holy Jew, a Hatzadik, who has a spark, a piece of Moshe inside of him, Hashem gave a piece of Moshe inside of him, when you come in contact with that Jew, when you see that Jew, it, it ignites something inside of you. Suddenly, your own understanding of Hashem becomes very real. It comes alive for you, and, and you start relating to it more, and, and it adds to you, your Yirat Shemayim. So you see that the spark of Moshe, and he, as he says here, the example, Hasidim would, luck, would love to even look at the Rebbe. Because even just looking at the Rebbe, even not only hearing the teachings of a Rebbe, just looking at the face of a Rebbe, the face of a tzaddik, and just seeing already evokes a, evokes a, a, a response. Now you asked a very good question. Kalman asked, how, what, what happens today? <laughs> when there is no... Uh, when when Hashem, Hashem took the Rebbe away from us. Um, and it never happened before in Jewish history. This is a very... Unique always, time. Uh, it was always it never happened always, before. Uh, it never happened before. But the uh, it's a very very serious question. 
the truth is we don't understand and we don't want to understand because it may really it's very the question is better we're not looking for the answer we want Hashem to remove the question by bringing Mashiach so we won't have any more questions but it's one of those things that Rebbe himself says he doesn't understand it's one of those things that really it's inexplicable but the, one of the last things that Rebbe said um, before he had the stroke he uh, was sukkahs by the simchat beit hasha'eva by the joy of the dancing in the streets and the Rebbe said that deep down every chassid has a piece of Rebbe inside it. There's an Hasidic expression, Oymek Chassid Rebbe. If you go into the depth of a Chassid, you'll find the Rebbe. You'll find a piece of a Rebbe inside of him. And, and the Rebbe says, whenever a Chassid would hear the word Admur, he would tremble, you know, it means a tzaddik, a holy Jew, a tzaddik, a Rebbe. The Rebbe was saying that each and every Jew today has the capacity to be a piece of a Rebbe. Because, um, I may embellish it a little, because everything that happens in the non-Jewish world is really a reflection of what's happening in the Jewish world. We live today in a very special day and age. You know, up until 100 years ago, people lived in their own little city. You were born there, you died there. And your impact was, depends, sometimes your impact was in your own block, some people had an impact on two blocks. Some people had an impact in their village. If you were a Maimonides, the whole Jewish world heard about you. If you were, if you were an Einstein, you know, then everyone spoke about you. But if you were a small person, you know, your friends, your neighbors, your locals knew about you. You were local. What do we have today? Today, every person could have an influence on so many people. With the internet, with the computer, you can sit in your room and you can be talking to people all over the world. Amazing. Not because we're Einsteins, even though our mothers may think we are. <laughs> you know what they say, the definition of a genius. A genius is a normal child of Jewish parents. <laughs> you know. no. But because, because of Einstein and Newton and all the great the great scientists and all the breakthroughs that they they led us to the information age where today the child has access to more raw power than Einstein did. Sitting at your computer you can do amazing things. And you can influence and you can touch and you can reach people all over the world. So we are midgets. We are, we are small people. But we are midgets standing on the shoulders of giants. So because of their breakthroughs they brought us to a state where each and every one of us could have a tremendous influence and be a tremendous influence for the good. So that's true of Judaism. Whatever happens in the world is a reflection of what happens in spiritual. Because of all the breakthroughs of the Rebbe and the previous Rebbe before him and the Rebbe Roshav and the Baal Shem Tov, all the Rebbes, and I've, they made Yiddishkeit so available to each and every one of us that the Rebbe says that now each and every one of us has to have the courage to be a leader. Because each and every one of us has our sphere of influence. So we have to step up to the plate and we have to be a leader. There's no, there's no, there's no room today for followers. Every Jew has to step up to the plate. Why did Hashem take away all the leaders from us? A moment before Mashiach is coming. Now Hashem wants each and every one of us to act as a leader. He wants each and every one of us to step up to the plate 
take everything that the Rebbe and all, every, all the Rebbe's all the way to Avram Avinu, every, all their breakthroughs and their sacrifice and everything that they taught us. And they made Judaism so available to us today that each and every one of us, it's, they, spent, they spoon-fed us. They, 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 they spoon-fed us. They brought Yiddishkeit. They made it so that each and every one of us has to have the courage of their conviction to get up and to act as a leader. That's, maybe that's what Hashem wants. This is the last moment. This is literally the last moment before Mashiach comes. It's like a twilight zone. It's a very strange moment. It's a moment that has never been a moment like this ever since creation of the world, since, Jew- in, since the beginning of Jewish history, where Hashem took away all the tzaddikim, overtly. And, but what Hashem wants of us, the Rebbe says, now it's up to us. The ball is in our court. That every one of us has to step up to the plate and has to act as a leader and, because every one of us has our sphere of influence. And if we'll, if we'll be the midget standing on the shoulders of the giants, we can do tremendous. And we will close the deal and hit the home run. We're in the ninth inning, all the bases are loaded. And all we need is to hit the last home run. Who can hit the last home run? You, I, all of us. Don't rely on the rabbis, don't rely on the rabbis, don't rely on anyone. The rabbi says it's up to us, every one of us. That's the moment in history we're in now. It's a very strange moment. It's a moment which the question is better than the answer. And the truth is we're not looking for any explanations, we're not looking for any answers. We want Hashem to bring Mashiach and we'll be reunited with the Rebbe and all, 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 all the Rebbe's. The Rebbe would always remind us that we are a unique generation. There's never been a generation like ours, and there never will be. We are the transitional generation, the last generation of Golas, of exile, and we will be the first generation of Geula, of redemption. What an awesome privilege we have, and what a sacred responsibility we carry on our shoulders. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to bring the curtain down on the Golas once and for all? Well, Mashiach himself gave the secret away in his famous encounter with the Baal Shem Tev. He tells the Baal Shem Tev that when your wellsprings and the teachings of Hasidus will spread to every corner of the world, then and only then will Mashiach come. And therefore the Alter Rebbe sacrificed his life to carry out this directive to the Baal Shem Tev by writing and publishing the Tanya. And all the Rebbe's sacrificed themselves to publicize and to expound on the teachings of the Tanya. And the Rebbe, the seventh, the Shabbos of all the Rebbe's, published over 6,000 Tanyas, literally in every city of the world. And now, for the first time in history, through LessonsInTanya.com, Tanya in depth is available and accessible. 24-6 to hundreds of thousands, Jews as well as non-Jews, in dozens of countries all around the world. Now that you've had the personal experience and the pleasure to study the Tanya, we ask you to please partner with us to make the entire Tanya available and easily accessible to each and every Jew and to the entire world. Please help turn the wish of Mashiach the dream of the Alter Rebbe and the vision of the Rebbe into a reality. On behalf of all of us here at LessonsInTanya.com, thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. 
and a special thank you for the good deed that you're about to do. In honor of your tzedakah, we will merit the coming of Mashiach now when we'll learn Tanya from the Alter Rebbe himself.